Hey everyone, welcome to the Gate Alliance Church. We're so glad you could join us for this week's podcast. If you have any questions or want to learn how you can be more engaged in our church, check us out online at thegatechurch.ca. Thanks for listening and enjoy this week's podcast. Did you know there's a verse in the Bible which tells us, which actually promises us how we can be successful in life? There's a verse where God comes to you and says, do this and you'll be successful. Now, the world has a lot to say about my success. Uh, there are um, commercials that tell me how, programs that tell me how, books I can read that tell me how I can be successful. But I've learned, um, I think, three things from, from these commercials and programs and books. One, often I'm helping them become successful uh, by buying their program book and so on. My desire to be successful, I buy into the program, their theory, and really it helps them to become more. Um, but maybe it doesn't happen in my life. Secondly, do you understand no man can promise and know for certain that I can be successful? Man does not know the future. Man is limited, to, limited by so many variables in this world. And finally, this is important. The success man wants to give me may not be the success, often is not the success I need in life. Because their brand of success is the world's brand, which is temporary and fleeting. But then God comes along. God who is all-knowing, all-loving, all-powerful and says, I can promise you success. Suddenly my ears perk up. And I'm ready to listen. I want to listen. I want to hear what God has to say. And I'm wondering, do you feel the same way I do? If God says, this is, a, this is a way you can prosper and be successful in life, would you be interested in knowing what that verse was? Yeah. Here it is. Joshua 1.8. Study this book of instruction. God's talking about the word of God, the Bible. And study it continually, he says. And more than that, meditate on it when day and night. Why? So you'll be sure to obey everything in it. Because if you, if you, if you read it and meditate on it and obey it, look what God says. Only then you will prosper and succeed in all you do. That's what the word of God is like when we apply it to our life. In fact, this is the way I see it. I brought with me today a glass and behind me here, I just boiled some water. And this hot boiling water, which is very hot, is, represents really my life. This is, I'm like this hot water. And God's word is like a tea bag. And when we immerse God's word into our life, it permeates all of us and influences all of us. There's no part of our life that is left untouched. And suddenly we are hearing and meditating and knowing God, not in part, but in whole. It completely changes all that we are and who we are. This morning, we heard God's word being read by Sean, where he reads a story that Jesus once told. And it's a parable that allows us to get a glimpse into our future and know today what's going to happen tomorrow. And by doing this, Jesus really gives you and I an opportunity to be prepared today for what will surely happen in our life tomorrow. 
By hearing and applying God's word today, you can be ready and you can be prosper and you can be successful in all that you do as Josh, or as God says in Joshua 1.8. So today we're talking about, we're finishing this series about how to finish well. In this story, Jesus talks about three servants. And one of the servants did not finish very well. And we can learn, you know, what not to do by paying attention to this servant. I can't express to you enough how I do not want to come to the end of my life, stand before the Lord as this one servant who buried what he had, who did nothing, and had this lifetime, this eternity, really, of a regret. He gave the excuse that he was afraid. But Jesus said, no, you are wicked and lazy. His master, as we read in the story, gave him an opportunity to be successful, but he would not take hold of it. He failed to take hold of it. And as a result, this servant was thrown out, we we heard Jesus say, into darkness where he would live forever in wretched and tragic regret. The other two servants did take the opportunity afforded them by their master, and they were successful. And the result was they heard these words from their master at the end. Well done, my good and faithful servant. You've been faithful in handling this small amount. So now I'll give you many more responsibilities. And I love this next phrase. Let's celebrate together. This is a joyous occasion. This is a, this is a party going on. Let's celebrate together. And the story ends well for these two servants. But to understand how they arrived to this place, how they finished well, we need to go back to the beginning of the story that Jesus tells. And it begins this way. And again, the kingdom of heaven can be illustrated by the story of a man going on a long trip. So right at the beginning, Jesus is connecting us to our greatest hope and desire to be part of the kingdom of heaven. We want to be spending our eternity with God in heaven instead of without God in hell. And the Bible speaks to both of these places as being real and, and, and as one of the two outcomes that every man and woman will experience for their eternity. And just because some people don't want to believe they exist <laughs> doesn't mean they don't exist. God says they exist. And so we just got to understand that. Now, heaven is full of reward. Hell is full of regret. And here's what we begin to learn how to finish well. Point number one in your sermon notes. The master calls his servants and equips them to build his kingdom. He equips them to build his kingdom. Jesus says this. He called together his servants and trusted his money to them while he was gone. He gave five bags of silver to one, two bags of silver to another, and one bag of silver to the last, dividing in proportion to their abilities He then left on his trip. In the story, Jesus wants to understand that he is the master. He is the master in the story. We are the servants. And the master, Jesus, is about to go away. But before he goes away, he calls his servants together, his disciples together, and he gives them resources to invest. The resources God gives you and I today as followers I not only include our treasures, but our time and our talent. All of these are gifts from God that we can use wisely in this life or unwisely in this life. The understanding is the servants who are us uh, would use these resources for the purpose of building up the master's work, which in our case is the work of the church in the world today. And when you come to Jesus, when you are a follower of Christ, you received, just as these servants received, these resources, 
More specifically, you receive the gift of Jesus' Holy Spirit who equips you to minister in the kingdom of God so others can come and know him and live eternally with him in heaven. So others could be blessed. So there are three things we need to know right up front about these gifts that we receive from our master, the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Number one, they're given to all believers. Number two, the purpose of these gifts is that we may serve. And finally, using these gifts will benefit and bless others. So in regards to these gifts, we receive them, we give them, we use them, and others are blessed. We receive, we give, others are blessed. And this is what the Bible tells us. It says there are different kinds of gifts, okay? But they are all given to believers, see? All believers receive them. By the same Spirit, there are, they are different ways to serve. That's the purpose, different ways to serve, but they all come from the same Lord. There are different ways the Spirit works, but the same God is working in all of these ways and in all people. The Holy Spirit is given to each of us in a special way. Why? That is for the good of all. The gifts of the Holy Spirit are these unique skills and abilities given by the Holy Spirit to his faithful followers of Christ to serve God that others would be blessed and be benefited and his kingdom would be revealed and grown and known by others. So next we read in the story that he gives these gifts, okay, to his, to his servants. And then it says, dividing it in proportion to their abilities, he then left on his trip. That's important for us to know. Jesus gives us gifts in proportion to our abilities. God knows us and he knows our potential and he equips you and I accordingly. So none of us can say that God gives us more responsibility than we can handle. I, I find often I can struggle with the responsibility that man wants to give me. That could be more I can handle, but God will not do this. His purpose is not to overwhelm you, but to equip you for success. We've got to understand that and believe that. He wants to equip you to prosper and, to, and have success, as he says in John or Joshua 1.8. We read on. The servant who received the five bags of silver began to invest the money and earned five more. The servant with two bags of silver also went to work and earned two more. I love how many versions highlight the urgency of the successful servants and, and what the master had given them. Um, the uh, New Standard Revised Version says, the one who received the five talents went off at once. NIV says, went at once and put his money to work. The New Century Version went quickly to invest the money. The English Standard Version went at once and traded with them. There's an urgency. There's not this, uh, there's not, there's this understanding. I don't want to miss this opportunity. I don't want to put this off until tomorrow. I don't want to procrastinate. I don't want to have ex only excuses ready when the master comes back. So at once, quickly, they go and put what they've received to work. However, this one wicked, lazy servant did nothing. He buried what he had. He buried what he was given him. And when the master returned, all he could give him in return were excuses. Here's what we know so far. Jesus is the master. We are the servants. He calls us. And when he comes, he gives us gifts that we may serve his church. And the gifts we receive are in proportion to our ability to serve successfully. And the successful servants did not hesitate to use what they were given. Point number two, the master goes away, but he's returning soon. In verse 15, it says, dividing in proportion to their abilities, 
He then left on his trip. This is what's already happened with Jesus. After Jesus was crucified on the cross, after he rose victoriously over the grave, conquering death, he gathers his followers together. And just like the master in our story, he calls them and he says to them that I'm, I'm going to give you a gift. You're going to receive a gift, the power of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is for the purpose of building and blessing my kingdom here on earth. And then just as Jesus, the master, tells him this, he leaves, he goes away. This is how we read it in Acts 8, 1, 8 to 11. Jesus says, but you will receive power. Okay, there's the, there's the gifts. When the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will what be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere. You're going to bless others. You're going to minister to others. You're going to serve others. And Jerusalem through Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And after saying this, he was taken up in a cloud while they were watching and they could no longer see him. As they strained to see him rising into heaven, two white robed men suddenly stood among them. Men of Galilee, they said, why are you standing here staring into heaven? Jesus has been taken from you. He's going away. He went into heaven, but someday he will return from heaven in the same way you saw him go. See, this is important because this is where we are right now. This is where you and I are standing right now. We are living in, uh, in this time between where Jesus has left and when he's coming back again. We are now in this time when he was here we receive the Holy Spirit and he's left and we're waiting for his return. We need to know today, what we need to know today is this, is this is not a time to be passive. This is a time where we're going to be active and busy about our master's business. It is very humbling and sobering to think that Jesus entrusts us with the most important work here on earth. There's nothing more important than God's kingdom work. The kingdom work of God comes second to nothing. Now, I sometimes pick on vacuum cleaner salesmen, but I always say, well, you know, this is not like a vacuum cleaner salesman. Not everybody, not everybody needs their product, but everybody needs God. Everybody needs the Lord and, and, to ha- and have him live in him and to be saved by him and forgiven by him and blessed by him and brought into eternity to heaven by him. Everyone. I used to live in a very rural area. And I read a story how uh, years ago, many years ago, there was a vacuum cleaner salesman who go around selling vacuums. Remember how they used, they used to do that? They came to this one particular house and, and the, the, the woman of the house was home and, and uh, he came in and demonstrated his great new product. This vacuum will pick up anything. I mean, he has so much confidence in his vacuum cleaner. This will do, this will bring success. Your house is going to be cleaner because of this product. In fact, he believed in it so much, he's got out a jar of dirt and poured it on her carpet and starts stomping it in. He goes, he goes, watch this. Watch what my vacuum cleaner can do for you. And so he took his vacuum cleaner and he went to plug it in. And he went to plug it in. And he's looking to plug it in and discovered the house had no power. There was no place to plug it in. The wife went out and got her little sweeper and just rolled it across and picked up the dirt. We need the power of God's Holy Spirit if we're going to be effective in ministering in this world. Everyone needs the hope and the peace, but it's got to come through the Holy Spirit working in us and through us. Jesus has gifted us. He's gone away and he will return again. And this is a time where servants either succeed or fail. We are now in the time where you will either succeed or fail. The rewards from building our own kingdom are brief, 
In fact, we do build our own kingdom. I build my own kingdom. There's nothing wrong with that. I have a kingdom called Mark Royal. I have a castle, a little house. <laughs> and um, I have, you know, investments. I don't know what to do with them because they're all, it's all in cash because I don't know. The stock market seems so high. I'm afraid to, I took it all out. So I think it's going it's to drop. I don't know. I don't know what to do. I don't know the future. But I have this little kingdom where I'm trying to invest for my retirement. I'm trying to take care of my family and then pay for my home. And it's, I have this little kingdom called Mark Royal. But it will be briefed. <laughs> And short-lived. In fact, 25, 30 years from now, it won't matter anything to me because I won't be here. There's a story in the Bible that puts into perspective the kind of reward and kingdom we're chasing after. It's the rich young ruler. He comes wanting the assurance of eternity, something we all want to have. And Jesus tells him, well, here's the problem. Your love for your kingdom, what you're building here on earth, is greater than the love for the kingdom of God. And Jesus says, you know, to switch his focus from this temporary kingdom, these things, you know, this thing that will not last, to the eternal things of God. And it's not the case for everyone, but Jesus in this case told him, you know, this rich young ruler, sell what you have and give it to the poor and then come follow me and you'll know what riches are. Jesus says to him, you will have treasure in heaven, then come follow me. But listen, but when the young man heard this, he went away sad. Why? For he had many possessions. He did not do what Christ asked him to do, And the Bible says he went away sad because he had so many temporary, fleeting, worldly possessions. He was limited. His vision would not grow to understand the importance of eternal things. Unless there was a change in his heart, he's still living today in great sadness with great regret that he cherished, that he chose the kingdom of this earth over the kingdom of God. And yet... You and I still live in a world where people are using everything they have, their treasure, their time, and their talent to secure what this rich, young ruler had. They want what he had. He, he was rich. He was young. He was powerful. He had a ruler. We want wealth. We want youth. We want power. But who of us would switch places with him today? You see, that's putting in perspective. He is now spending his eternity without God, and he's very sad. He will ever, ever experience the great regret There is no chance for him to know this peace and this joy and this reward that we can know by doing the master's work. He buried what he had. He would not use it. And it went away sad. And he's still sad. I mean, more than sad. Uh, He's in such a deep regret right now. The great irony for me is that while most people would want what the rich young ruler had, this rich young ruler today would change places with you in an instant. If he was given the opportunity to come back and make the other dis- a different choice, he would do it. If he could be where you are right now, he would say, no, earthly is temporary and fleeting. I want what God has. I want the eternal things, the eternal rewards, the riches of God, not the riches of man. There was another story Jesus told about a man the world would say was very successful. In fact, if he was alive today, he'd be on the cover of magazines. He'd be on TV programs being interviewed. He was a farmer who reaped such great crops. And today we would say, this guy, he's, he's got what I want. We'd say he was a success story. But the farmer had so much, he asked himself this question, like, what should I do? I don't have room for all my crops, for all my success, for all my things. 
Instead of choosing to use his blessing to bless others, he chooses what to enlarge his own kingdom here on earth. And this is what we read. This is what Jesus tells us. The man says, this is what I'll do. I'll tear down my barns and build bigger ones. And there I will store my surplus grain. And he said, and I'll say to myself, you have plenty of grain laid up for many years. Take life easy. Drink and be merry. But God said to him, you fool. This very night, your life will be demanded from you. Then who will get what you have prepared for yourself? See? This is how it will be for whoever stores up things for themselves that is not rich towards God. The Bible talks about this so much while we can, while we're in this place between when Jesus left before he's coming back to get this in perspective. The rewards we see for our kingdom here are temporary and fleeting. The rewards we receive for God's work are rich and eternal. That's why Jesus said, don't store up treasures here on earth where moths and eat them and rust destroys them and where thieves break in and steal. Store your treasures in heaven, like invest in eternal things where moths and rust cannot destroy, thieves do not break in and steal. How much of what you do, and we have, we all build a kingdom. But are we so busy like this man in the barns and this rich young ruler that we ignore? We have no time. All we're putting all our eggs in this basket, in this earth. Our reward will come here, but one day it's going to be gone. You're going to be gone. Jesus is teaching you and I how to live in readiness. How to live in readiness. He wants us to know Today, what's important? Where to invest today instead of waiting until it's too late and discovering the truth tomorrow? See, every Christian is entrusted with some responsibility for Jesus' kingdom. And Jesus tells us right, us, tells us right up front, some will take the responsibility seriously and, and using what they've received, while others will mishandle the opportunity given them. It's such an important, vital teaching Jesus is giving us in this parable and many other places in the Bible. We should be so grateful that you and I, that we're here and we're learning what Jesus says. We're, we, we understand, oh, I need to be ready now and today and investing and working, uh, not just in my kingdom, but in God's kingdom, because uh, there are re- eternal rewards coming. This is what matters. This is how I please God. I love God. Jesus is teaching you and I how to live in readiness. You see, from what I know, I think every prophecy in the Bible has been fulfilled so far, except one. There's one we're still waiting to happen, and this is it. After a long time, their master returned from his trip and called to give them an account of how they had used his money. So finally, the last point, when the end times come here, There'll be no time to prepare. See, the Bible is so clear in this. We read this and Jesus says elsewhere, when the Son of Man returns, when Jesus comes back, he's gone away, he's coming back, we're waiting for this one prophecy to be fulfilled. It'll be like in Noah's day. Well, how is that? In those days before the flood, the people were enjoying banquets and parties and weddings right up to the time Noah entered the boat. People didn't realize what was going to happen, Jesus says, until the flood came and swept them all away. That is the way it will be when the Son of Man returns. See, not everyone's going to be prepared. Everyone thinks they've got more time. Everyone just buries what they have and think, I can, I'll be okay, I'll, I'll do this tomorrow. 
Jesus says, when the son, that was the way when the son of man comes, two men will be working together in the field. One will be taken, the other left. Two women will be grinding flour at the mill. One will be taken, the other's left. So you too must keep watch. That's what we're talking about. For you don't know what day your Lord is coming. Do not put it off. Do not procrastinate. Are you prepared for when our master returns? Are you prepared? Are you now readying yourself, living in readiness for when he comes back? A hint. If you're looking for, well, what, how do I be ready? What, what giftings do I have? How am I to invest in, in Jesus' work? Uh, yes, I understand my, there's my kingdom and I'm working. I, I'm busy at that, but how must I set aside what's more important? What are the sort of things I can do to invest in God's kingdom? Well, the hint is it's probably something you're already passionate about and you care about that tugs at your heart. But if you need more help, here's the resources I want to give you um, on the shape test. If you take this free test online, it will help you to understand how God has shaped you to invest and to work and to serve and to bless what he's given you and his kingdom. Don't hesitate. Don't procrastinate. Don't put off today what we need to do to be prepared for tomorrow. What an important message this is. So we go to this take two time. I'm trusting that God will have something to say to you in these next two minutes. God is going to speak to you about how you can be better prepared and ready. If you were to come back today or tomorrow, it's going to happen. It's, some people are going to go, Oh, I thought I had more time. It's so late. And I just was so busy in my kingdom. I ignored what God called me to do. So let me pray for you before we take these two minutes. Lord, I know that you will speak to us and you have been speaking to us and you're going to take these two minutes and just reveal anything in our life that we have um, been lacking and not and, and maybe fallen short of preparing and investing in what really matters in this lifetime. That we can prepare ourselves for eternity with you. That we can do today to, 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 to serve you and your kingdom because we love you. That others will come to know you and we bless others, God. Would you reveal that to us, Lord, where we need to be better prepared in these next two minutes and tell us what it is, how we respond to that today, God. Thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you for your doing this. We give these two minutes to you. We come silently before you. Speak to us now, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.
Thanks for listening to today's podcast. We make these messages available to give you a window into our church, but also an open gate for you to join in with our community. Our Sunday service is at 10 a.m., and we look forward to seeing you soon. And know that there is a place for you at The Gate. Please remember to visit thegatechurch.ca for more information about our church.